This episode includes updates about my adventures in Ireland and being with the horses, about the challenging learnings I've had, and shifting into the topic of why feel embodiment 101 for the skeptic in you, what qualities and capacities embodiment and healing requires, why move from rationalizing to feeling and sensing, and the steps to feeling and healing, as well as accessing your wisdom. Hello and welcome. You're listening to the Embody Podcast, a show about remembering and embodying your true nature, inner wisdom, embodied healing, and self-love. My name is Candace Wu, and I'm a holistic healing facilitator, intuitive coach, and artist sharing my personal journey of vulnerability, offering meditations and guided healing support, and having co-creative conversations with healers and wellness practitioners from all over the world. This episode is sponsored by Patreon, which is a platform where you can contribute any amount to the production of this podcast, as well as all the creations that I put out there. And I want to thank all of the people who have contributed on there. I could not be more touched and appreciative of all that people have contributed. Every single dollar just helps and goes a long way. And uh, that energy and life force that each person contributes and brings as well goes towards the life of this podcast and all the healing experiences and meditations that I offer. There's also a chance to get up close and personal with me. There's a healing group that's once a month, as well as personal meditations that you can receive based on whatever level you're contributing. And what that entails is a personalized healing experience based on whatever it is you need in your life at that time. Each quarter, I check in with you and design something that is just for you by intuiting what might be needed and sensing into the energy of what you're asking or where you are in your life. So you can find all that at CandiceWu.com slash Patreon. Hello and welcome back to the Embody Podcast. It's great to have you here. Uh, this morning I am waking up in Dublin in a small Airbnb and if you've been following along with my adventure in Ireland, I was on a horse farm for some time, about almost three weeks, actually. I can't believe I survived it. I have been learning natural horsemanship with a host family and tending to four horses. I've been cleaning poop out of stables, um, wheeling it over and dumping it across uh, down the hill. I've been setting up coal fires, cleaning all over the house romping around in mud, uh, but also getting time to learn how to be a good leader with horses and assert myself, be in my um, presence more. I feel way more in my body in every moment and in every word that I say. So uh, all this in um, exchange for the lessons and a place to stay. And if you've been following along, you know that it's uh, been quite challenging for me. There was that last podcast that I did, um, CandiceWu.com slash Horse Life Ireland, and you can learn about some of the lessons that I experienced there, some of the hardships and what I've been dealing with. Um, and one of the mornings, it was last week, I woke up feeling just completely worn down and overwhelmed by this experience. It wasn't one thing that specifically would trigger me or um, make me feel overwhelmed. It was all the things combined and one after the other without much of a break. And so feeling this last week, I woke up and felt, can I, can I keep doing this? Which was an interesting signal. I, I read that in many ways. Am I overwhelmed? How am I doing? Or am, am I just getting activated and need to work through something that is presenting a challenge? Or is it both? What combination of both? And so with this worn down feeling, I walked outside to get the coal for the coal fire that morning. And suddenly it just struck me as I looked out in this beautiful landscape. It, was, it had snowed and it was completely peaceful and quiet. And the sky was just this beautiful periwinkle color. And it completely spoke to me looking out across the mountains. They call them hills in Donegal. 
because they're not that big, but coming from Michigan and Chicago, I call them mountains. So it was, it just radiated this feeling of safety and nourishment to me. The feeling of, I've got your back, says the earth. And it reminded me that all is okay. And knowing what I know from somatic experiencing and family constellations, feeling that for that moment and staying there longer and breathing it in and letting myself feel into my body, what does it feel like to feel this safety again and this beauty? Let it touch my heart and into the spaces that I felt grief and dread and sadness and all sorts of other emotions. And as I did that, those emotions started to move. And what happened inside is that my nervous system started to feel safe again. It started to feel supported and therefore able to release some of what was held on the inside, what I couldn't move through when I didn't feel as safe in my body. This led me to thinking that the more that we have around us and within us that we can resource, resource meaning draw in for ourselves to feel safety, love, or peace, or any feeling that we want to feel, any energy that we want to cultivate within ourselves and access, the more we have within us and around us that helps us get there, then the more we are embodied and the more content and easy life is altogether, the more inner freedom we actually have because the things that are outside of us can bring us even more joy and safety. And I'm even talking about things that perhaps were upsetting to you in the past or people who you've had conflictual relationships with um, that at some point they can bring you something that perhaps they were meant to teach you or some aspect that you do find that you admire about them. I didn't used to be able to resource so much and so many things. I, I couldn't really find much pleasure or enjoyment in life, even though I thought I did. But could I actually feel it through my entire body and being? No. And a big resource that I have now that I didn't have for a good quarter or more of my life is my father. He was a huge trigger to me. Uh, our relationship was absolutely conflictual, and some of the early traumas I've had relate to things that we experienced together, some emotional abuse and neglect, and uh, this was pretty much all I knew of my father. And I had to have other resources, people, experiences, um, support, therapy, those other resources to get through the ones I had with him. But over time, that started softening and the polarity, the distance between a resource and trigger, something that would strengthen me and trigger me, all pulled into one ocean in a sense. I could feel all those emotions and my father became a huge resource to me where I can draw upon his love and see that there is underneath all of the ways that he acts as a human the ways that he did act, that there is a deep love way down there. And now I actually see that come through quite a bit and I can receive the gifts from him. And a lot of that work was the family constellations work, is finding love and gifts where you typically only see pain or abuse or trauma. And so now I can see that part of him that helps me feel loved and I feel supported and strong. And there are times now that I draw upon his energy or what I attribute to his energy within me to strengthen or give me some aspect of safety or peace inside of myself. So one introductory thought I have for you is what brings you the sense of safety, of beauty, peace, or contentment? Does feeling something in your body do that? Does looking and touching crystals or stones do that? Or feeling your body move? Looking at a picture of a loved one or an animal or a spiritual figure? Looking at the horizon or a sunny day? What brings you into the feeling of 
embodiment and that you can release because you feel safe again. I have a whole segment of resources that you can use, healing experiences that are about how to develop that kind of strengthening and safety, how to resource a person, place, or thing into um, your life so that you can feel that strength, as well as how to pendulate, move in and out of challenging experience to pleasant experience so that you can integrate more and um, do it in a way that's not overwhelming your nervous system. And you can find all that at candacewu.com slash emotions. It was an episode I did on emotional numbness to wholeness and feeling of the experience of moving from where I'm completely frozen and can't feel and just use my mind to get through life to being in my wholeness and accessing and having the capacity to feel all sorts of emotions and sensations in my body. All of these exercises are inspired by somatic experiencing as well as family constellations, healing work, and the combination and just how I um, how I use them as well. So feel free to check those out. So this is one part of the topic today. Why why would we feel our emotions when they're challenging to feel? What is the benefit? And especially to somebody that feels skeptical about feeling in the body and the sensations in the body, as well as emotions, what purpose does it serve? And with my example here, there's a bit of that revealing itself that when we can resource something and feel into its pleasure, we can really fully take in its pleasure and feel that through our being when we are accessing the ability to feel, when we're able to have the capacity to feel that rather than things being a mental experience, it's a full being and body experience. But with that comes challenges because you also have other emotions that may be not as pleasurable or the pleasure may bring up unpleasant feelings. And how do we move through that? Is it still worth it? to have that in order to have the love, safety, beauty, contentment, peace, freedom, etc. Before we jump into the episode, I want to give you a little more information about what happened and what I chose in terms of leaving the exchange that I had agreed to and uh, accepting what would be the consequence of that. So I noticed how overwhelmed I was feeling and with all those things coming at me day to day, I just couldn't quite catch a break in terms of uh, being triggered and activated by thing after thing. I think the interpersonal conflict with my host was one of the hardest aspects of the whole thing because that energy sort of dominated the entire experience. And the amazing thing was I learned how to have a much thicker skin and to be way more fiercely direct and um, clear about myself and what I'm feeling, what I'm experiencing, as well as honest. My host is someone who will just speak the truth of what she thinks is happening, or at least how she's feeling um, and what she thinks is going on. And a lot of times she comes with this sort of confidence that makes me doubt my own experience and wonder what is the truth? What is happening? I may be used to some level of honesty and directness with people who are close to me that I built that trust with, but this was a complete stranger that I really didn't have trust for in terms of emotional safety and non-judgment. I felt quite a bit of judgment from her actually, even though her words would tell me differently that she wasn't judging or criticizing. It was very confusing to me. But I ended up leaving and with that feeling of I'm choosing to love myself and give myself a different experience where I can feel more ease in my learning and go through the emotional triggers in a safer space where that can move through much more easily rather than being hit up against another thing before that ends or um, being shamed in the process. I, it just is too much for me to accept all at once. And I think that this is part of shifting our culture from overriding ourselves, from pushing through and powering through in order to be strong to one of loving ourselves and doing what's truly right for ourselves 
That is strength. That is self-love. That is respecting who you are at the moment and what you need so that you're not doing something that is way beyond your level where it um, isn't an enjoyable experience for you anymore. If it is, that's perfectly fine and that is everyone's choice. But really to ask yourself, how, how is this experience going for me and is it the right one now? And only you have the answer to that. So the interesting thing was when I let this person know, uh, let the family know that I was leaving, I got called a quitter. I was told that I didn't have any grit and just enjoyed luxury, um, isn't a little bit of discomfort a good thing? <laughs> and so it really showed me that they didn't understand where where I was in my journey of loving myself and um, I've spent a lifetime of pushing through and going through enduring hardship. It's not the time for that at this point. So one of the hardest things about that and about the whole experience was accepting other people having views of me that may or may not be true. And it is not just the view of me, but the critical part that comes with it at least how I perceived it here, where someone feels convinced of who you are, especially because it helps them feel better about themselves or how they're interacting in the situation. And it leaned towards gaslighting. Sometimes it was outright gaslighting, where everything that I brought to the table was turned against me or manipulated in a way that made me be the one that is constantly wrong or uh, the rules are changing and now it's this that we're looking at. So changing the subject and changing the experience of what we're talking about. It's all very confusing. I get very triggered by that because my young life entailed a lot of gaslighting and manipulation and I couldn't quite sort that out. So as you can see, these experiences were quite triggering for me and uh, I did work through a lot of them with my host and found a lot of common ground, which was fascinating. I found a lot of growth, found different ways to assert myself and work with that, and also ways to love myself aside from the interactions. But the feeling that I'm not going to argue or fight for every point to be heard from my perspective and other people to understand exactly what's going on for me as I see it, and letting them have their idea of me and not be bothered by that, that was something I was working on. So that's why I'm in Dublin at the moment. I'm heading out tomorrow morning back to Michigan and going to see my family for Chinese New Year and enjoy some time to regroup, to process what's still left behind here, to enjoy things and to get back in touch with comforts that I enjoy and other relationships that I want to connect with. So to conclude this experience with this host, I noticed a lot of righteousness, arrogance, gaslighting, and manipulating. And when I say that, I do that only to sort out the reality of what was happening and what I can name so that I can look at my own reactions to that. So I can see oh, that's what that kind of experience is outside of me. That's what's happening at me in a way. And how am I relating to it? What am I getting triggered by? Where do I find a loss of my empowerment or assertion and perhaps abandon myself or manipulate myself or believe the manipulations? And all that is leading up to this podcast as well. Why be integrated and why sense what's there? Because for me, that means I can find and access another place in myself when I have someone act this way towards me, where I can move through it in a way that feels really good for me, where I can respond differently or choose and have freedom in how I respond rather than just react and engage in that enactment to that tango of um, this and that cycling over and over. 
I also felt aware that I didn't want to develop more resistance towards people who have those qualities because compassion is really seeing where that is me, where I have those qualities as well, or how I relate to the other side of the coin of those qualities. And finding the understanding for perhaps why we would need that emotion, energy, or a way of being, and walking away with respect and love versus walking away out of a reaction of anger. And that reaction of anger, for me, just knowing that I will inevitably find that experience again if I do that. Not to say we shouldn't have anger. If it's there, it's there. That just means there's something to work with. But if I can work with it inside of myself or in the relationship to the point where I find that ability to respect this person and not reject them, I feel much better about myself and I feel much stronger in myself. I also recognize this takes years. It's taken me at least 10 years to work through some of the really challenging abuse that I received that experienced in my young life and to um, notice myself in another engagement with someone that is very similar just shows me there was more to work on. And right now I feel that there's still a bit more. I feel some anger towards this person and recognizing that there are bits of this that I still want to clear up. With that, let's jump into this topic a little deeper. Why do we need emotions? Why should we even get into our felt sense, our body experience? What does that even do? And those questions really come from an analytical perspective, the place where we just see that thinking and processing with our mind mentally is the only way to solve a problem or to work with something or to realize what's happening in the moment. If we are outright rejecting an emotional and felt sense embodied experience, then I would suggest that that actually is a coping. It's our body saying what we feel inside is way too much or out of control and unknown. And therefore, I'm going to send my energy up to the brain. That inflammation, that felt sense brings heat and emotion. Then that energy goes up to the brain, up to the top of our body to process and to control it in some way that we can rely on. The rational mind, we can rely on that, right? If we think this through enough, we will get something out of it. We will be able to survive this. At least that's what it was for me growing up. I didn't have any other support and emotional regulation to be able to move through my emotions. These emotions were tough ones. They were of terror and huge loss and grief, way bigger than one small person could feel through and bear. And so I had to put those away and go up to my mind where that was still accessible. And I could say to myself, hmm, if I do this, then this happens. And if I don't do this, this happens. And I could protect myself that way. So I believe that this chasm between the mind and body, the mind and emotions, and I'm speaking of the mind in terms of our mental thoughts only, because at a deeper level, the mind encompasses the emotions. It encompasses the nervous system and the reactive response in the whole being. But what we think of the mind is this mental thought process and analyzing. There's a chasm. There's a gap often. And we can see this where people say, okay, I need affirmation to help me believe X, Y, and Z about myself. And as much as I say these affirmations, like I feel enough or I am strong, I don't really feel I'm enough. I don't really feel strong. But I can try to say this over and over to myself and hope that this, this will get me somewhere. I'm not saying that affirmations don't work at all and they're bullshit. <laughs> on some level, they are. But on another level, if they can touch into your being, if your body is prepared to move through the emotions that don't align with that, if it can move the energies that are 
not aligning with I am enough, then you have transformation. Then you have the integration of that belief and you start to feel I am enough, not just think I am enough, right? I am enough. Let me try to get um, evidence for that. I am enough because X, Y, and Z. When you truly feel enough or strong or beautiful or empowered, whatever it is that you want to believe about yourself, we don't need evidence to prove it to ourselves. We just feel it. And that's part of why being in our body, being in our emotions, being able to have the capacity to feel through things is important because we want to feel that. Just like when I was saying about resourcing that um, scene that I was looking out at the mountainscape and the snow, to be able to feel the enjoyment, not just think, oh, wow, that's nice. I think I'm enjoying this. Well, do you know you're enjoying it? And so being in our felt sense helps us do that. I'm just laughing to myself at the moment because we are talking about this and that's all through a mental process. That's a conversation of words. It's not an experience where you're actually feeling unless you're tuning into that yourself on your end. So I encourage you to do that as you move through this podcast, if you're listening to the rest of it or if you re-listen to some pieces, is feel how this affects your body. Feel what emotions come up as I talk about certain things or what images and memories come up to you. And later in this podcast, I'll talk about the 101 of feeling in the body and the menu of things you can tune into that are happening inside, just so you know what's on the menu and that you can spot things when they come up. Because that's one of the things that really... I struggled with is, well, how do I know what's going on? I like being completely analytical for a good chunk of my time uh, in life. I just had no idea what I was even looking for. So I'll go through that later in the episode, but I just encourage you now to witness and to take everything as information and to have compassionate curiosity of what's happening in, inside as we talk about this. So sometimes I hear, hear from people, when I'm in my emotions, when I'm in my body, I only feel worse. Or that the mind is the only way of knowing. And this agrees with society. We have a very strong lean towards the mind, the mental thought process being the only way of knowing something. Research and proof and evidence and that's a very uh, pointed, manifested way of knowing. And there are all sorts of other ways of knowing. We can know something through our sense. We can know something through our body, through how we feel. That's information to help us with our next step in life or what we're looking at. When we have our instincts, we can protect ourselves. We can choose something that feels joyful to us because we know how joy feels. And I recognize that if we're using rationalizing as a survival tool, we typically don't realize we're doing so. And there is a rational explanation for why we're rationally thinking about everything. <laughs> I've certainly used that. It's like if you challenge someone on how they feel, if they're feeling something they have the explanation for why they're doing what they're doing rather than just feeling through what, what's happening or the ability to. So if you're hearing yourself in any of this, I also encourage you to laugh at yourself, to have some lightness and amusement about it. There's no judgment about any of this. And knowing that you only rationalize or use your mental capacity to get through life is a helpful thing to notice because then it lets you get to where you want to be or wh what's next step for you. And it also helps you have information about what your experience has been like, that you've actually had to use this as a way to protect yourself, as a way to survive. And when was that that you needed that to survive? When was it that your ancestry needed this way of being to get through life, to actually live? instead of die or 
to move through something that was so heartbreaking? And have you inherited that way of rationalizing and thinking only mentally and dismissing emotions because they're hard? Feeling into our emotion requires us to be able to handle the unknown, that there's an acceptance, something we don't know is happening. There's an image that I keep happening, and I don't know in my mind what that is. And if we rely on our knowing mechanism as a mental knowing, as, oh, I completely understand why I'm having X, Y, and Z happen, then when we approach something that we don't know, I don't know why I'm having this feeling. I don't know why I have this tension in my body. Then on some level, we need to be okay with or accept or even embrace that we don't know and that it will reveal itself to us. And that's part of the joy of being human is that we have all these clues inside these messages from our inner world that we are learning to interpret. And so often we say, oh, I have this pain in my body and it's scary, but instead of noticing the fear, we try to find what that is. And then we have a medical explanation, which is helpful in a lot of cases. And it's one part of things. But we can quickly dismiss that as, oh, that's just this syndrome or that's just the tension I got because I um, and you am playing tennis and only use this arm. And so therefore, that's the only reason I have this injury. I would invite you to deepen into the fact or the idea that there may be more to the story. There may be more to the experience of the body expressing itself in this way. And as one of my teachers said, Jim Kulikoski, he's my spiritual and yoga teacher, that if there isn't a spiritual place for disease, there won't be a physical one. That the physical body is a manifestation of the spiritual experience and shows you what's going on at that subtle level. And this also reminds me of the Kosha's podcast, the, the different levels of the physiology that you can find at candacewu.com slash koshas, K-O-S-H-A-S. I'll also be linked in the show notes. So, so far we've talked about how healing and integration, how being in the body and feeling through what's there can require the ability to accept that there's something we don't know. It can require being in the unknown. It requires being compassionate to yourself and perhaps even laughing at yourself, gathering information and witnessing rather than judging what's going on. And also noticing your judgment, if there's judgment, as one layer of your experience and what you've, the state of being you've held for a period of time. Healing and integration also requires just one moment of noticing and then the next and the next and you can stop anytime it requires the acceptance of a process within you that not everything's going to be known right away the trust and the willingness to move through a bit of the process and then perhaps take a break and a bit more or even more the ability to handle those bits of not knowing and the unknown so that that can be revealed later, but also for the sake of just being in the unknown, period. Working with your body requires leaning into discomfort and learning how to take a break when it overwhelms you or before it overwhelms you so that it can come with ease. I used to be someone who would just plow through all my emotions and try to do all of them at once. And I learned that that was just another way of me trying to cope and me trying to prove myself that I was strong. 
when I'm rationalizing or just using my mind to move through something, I might be just trying to sort it out. Like, what should I do? Is this true? Thinking about it, thinking about it. Um, what evidence does it confirm it's true? What evidence is it not true? Which can be helpful sometimes, except for when you tailspin emotionally and you don't see straight. The perception is different. And sometimes I feel like I'm in the same place over and over again with that aspect of myself. So when that's happening, always going back to a breath and how do I feel when I'm having that thought? Or notice what else comes with it in the body when I'm doing this kind of thinking. And that opens up your wisdom of the whole body, the whole being to support what else is there to know about this. Where is the other knowing that my body can bring, that my energy or my senses can bring? With embodiment, it's also important to resource, as I talked about earlier in the beginning of this episode, having things that you can tune into, imagine, or picture that bring you a feeling of safety, love, or ease where then your nervous system can be reminded that you are safe right now. And I'm guessing if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably in that situation, or hopefully you are. And I also think that embodiment is greatly supported by someone who can support you in a trauma-centered way, but a way that also brings strength and helps you towards the intention that you want to have in your life. So having that loving support can make a huge difference because a lot of what we couldn't feel when we were younger is that we didn't have someone with a nervous system and an ability to regulate emotion that was present with us, tending to us and giving us exactly what we needed. And so if you're working with someone like a healer, a therapist, or a coach that does have that ability to do so, and with a trauma-centered person, they also have the ability to notice when your body is going offline or when you're going into a dissociated state where doing anything else isn't going to help. Processing any other emotion isn't going to help. It's only going to re-traumatize the nervous system and knows what to do to support you in coming back online and taking the next healing step, that is incredibly powerful. So now I also want to talk about the experience that we sometimes don't always know what to explore or where to begin. Maybe there's a desire to feel better or to know yourself better, to love yourself better, or to have something different in your life. That may be one little inkling that you have that you may need more embodiment or that you are ready to connect deeper with yourself. I had this with a client recently where they didn't know what they wanted to explore or where to begin, but there was a draw, a pull that something needed to change and a tiny whisper of something different that they wanted. And sometimes there's a pain or a lingering and a waiting of something to be tended to or to be looked at. And all this reveals itself as we sit together, as I sit together with my clients or as I sit with myself and there's a going inward. I believe that each person is the source of their healing and wisdom. And with my clients, I'm the facilitator to support the loving space and the understanding and the moving through of the many ways and messages that are given to us by our inner being. So the body sensations, the flush of a feeling, the pit in your stomach, your heart dropping, the tension or the holding in the body, or a dream image, a thought or a flash of a sense of something, or a body movement, rigidity and stillness, or wanting to reach or shrug your shoulders or move them in a certain way. All these unfold and open up to a whole world of truth and self-knowing, it's like they open up to the cosmos within. And eventually, through the more unpleasurable feelings, they open up to joy and pleasure. 
contentment, freedom, and peace. They're the key to a whole world of knowing yourself and loving yourself. It's another opportunity to love yourself. So this happened recently for me when a client wasn't sure what was going on between her and her sibling. She felt that something wasn't quite right, and she couldn't name what that was, but that's all we needed to begin. A sense that this is where to look and to explore with curiosity and feeling in. And what revealed itself was disconnection, sadness and grief and loss because of the disconnection. And even deeper than that was love and the desire to feel connected. I love this thought that the tender parts of our hearts reveal itself underneath all that our body shows us. The tender part of our hearts, meaning the part of us that desires, that wants love, that wants belonging or feels pain. The juicy part of what we feel, no matter what we think about it. So this client's story is one that I'm keeping confidential and I've gotten the permission from her to share these pieces with you today. And it's very important for me that my clients feel that confidentiality. So I won't share any details with you, but I do want to share that we did a constellation, a family constellation with stones. This was an online experience. So um, we can use video chats and sensing in energetically to tune in together. And so I asked her to bring some objects that she could use to represent her siblings. And I used stones on my end to match that. And a really beautiful thing was that as she placed them and as I placed mine and they started to move, it was her, her one sibling and another sibling. As these people started to move in this space of this mini picture we were um, intuitively sensing into, both of us had the same movements with the stones and her objects on her end. They were exactly the same. And the sense of who was where and what people were feeling started to emerge and show itself to both of us synchronously. So what showed up was an old dynamic that she wanted to change, that she was always there for her sister, for her hardships, and it felt like this was her role to her sister, that this is what their relationship was built on. And the question, the pain was found in, would she be valued and loved if they didn't play out this role anymore? What would be there in its place? How painful it might be to shift this relationship into new territory and not know if the other would like to come along. One of the things that can reveal itself during the process of this is a healing statement or words that can evoke the emotions of what's true to come through and what resolve might be needed to help the body transform those feelings and energies so they start to align with these words. And in her constellation, the healing statements were twofold. One part to bring self-love and resource from within so no matter what happened with the sibling, that she could love herself and disconnect from the dependency on her to bring her value. And that statement was, I begin to love and value myself differently. And that was important to say, I begin and to love and value herself differently because it wasn't too far from where she was. If she said, I love myself differently or I love myself fully, that seemed to be too far from where she was actually at. So I begin to love and value myself differently seemed like an opening for her, an accessible opening. And the second statement was to support a shift in the way of loving in the relationship with her sister. And that was, I begin to love you differently. And if you're listening and you can feel something about that, 
That's great because not everything comes with a mental explanation, but in this case, it sometimes helps also to have that. I begin to love you differently, meaning loving before was to be there for all of your hardships, to be there for your beck and call, and for you to rely on me and depend on me so that I could be loved too. And if I begin to love you differently, I can love you and not be there for all your hardships. I can love you differently by enjoying time with you, by seeing you in your life or hardships or joy. It opens up the space of loving someone in a different way than you used to. And also to point out that was a way of loving. So I want to end this podcast with a couple of things. It's not easy to feel sometimes. It's not easy. The feeling through emotions and energy is what transforms and what changes things on the inside and out. And the awareness of this is what moves it along naturally. Just being aware and noticing one moment is what helps things move. When we're working with being in a human body and feeling emotions, we need to feel safe in our body to feel them. There are tools to do that. And I support my clients with that, with somatic experiencing, with constellations, with just feeling into strength. And there are plenty of people out there that can also be your support. So if you're doing that, that's fantastic. Sometimes we need a break. Just recognize that. But if you're someone who is ready to open up to that, go for it. It can change the world inside of you. So being in your body to feel your emotions is one thing, and then being able to identify them, identify what you're feeling and feel through them, stay with it until you find the resolve or what's needed, and allow it to be acknowledged and honored. All of that takes a practice. And when the tender part of our soul comes out, we need a gentle, patient, compassionate, and understanding presence to support us, whether that's within ourselves, if we have it already, or if we're cultivating it, or from the outside until we can do it ourselves. So someone who's done their own work, someone who has developed the capacity of their nervous system to be able to hold someone else's discomfort with them that they have the lived experience to hold space with someone that has and is moving through their discomfort. That's what we need so we can build it for ourselves. So just to clarify, these are some of the steps of embodiment that I want to name today. And step one being the desire for feeling, feeling more or to move through your life with more ease, be more like yourself. A desire for anything that's not what you have right now in terms of who you are. Number two is safety in the body, a relationship within or outside of you that brings you safety and the ability to cultivate that to resource yourself. Three is the ability to stay with what you're feeling and move through it, to notice and allow to know when to stop and take a break and pendulate, meaning to come back to safety and away from the challenging emotion or felt sense. And four is recognizing and identifying emotion or sensation, feeling into the colors and the picture that comes up or the size of that emotion in your body. Five is allowing organic resolution, movement, or impulse, aside from real life, but in the body now as you're processing it and being with it, allowing that organic movement to come through, letting your body be congruent with what you feel. Number six would be, for me, having aha moments. Moments of clarity and insight that you can apply to your real life situation 
when the body comes out of fight, flight, or freeze state, a numbness or dissociative state, when you come back in your body with the wisdom of your body accessible and safety, you have more capacity to see, to think, and to notice more possibility. So start anywhere. The analytical mind might think, I don't know where to start. Where should I start? How do I do this? And try to find the answers and the solution. But that, <laughs> that may be exactly it. Just start by noticing what you feel when you have that thought. If you continue on that line of thinking, you may be just continuing to say, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know, which is denial. Denial of what's there beyond the thinking knowing. So the last thing I want to share today is feeling 101, sensing 101. How do you get in the body? We don't always have to be still or quiet our mind as um, meditation or some myths of meditation might tell you. Quieting our mind is a result of witnessing and allowing. So what we really need is to witness and allow what's happening, at least until we've healed enough and enough of that, enough of what wants healing within us does resolve. Then we find stillness. Then we find quiet. However, you can find a moment of quiet in terms of stop doing the things around you, stop moving around by doing, but just bringing your attention inward and having a quiet moment with yourself. That's a great way to start witnessing. So in this next couple of days, I actually want to offer a couple of introductory embodiment experiences so please join me in the healing experiences and meditations this week. One of the healing experiences will be providing you a menu of all the things that you can feel inside when you're tuning inward. When I first started feeling inward into the body, I had no clue what I was looking for, what I should or could be feeling. So I decided to create a menu of what one could look for and sense into in the body so that you can begin to be more embodied. And if you are more embodied, you can heal what's there inside, you can feel more grounded and centered in yourself, and you can feel more in your body, more like you're present in the moment and able to have the capacity to feel through all of what's there. The second healing experience will be a body scan tuning into the full body with pratyahara, which is the five senses drawn inward. I'd also recommend a couple of healing experientials that are already out there on the podcast, as well as on the Sound Sleep album. The first one is Resourcing Safety and Grounding, which is episode 24A. You can find that at candicewood.com slash emotions or candicewoo.com slash EP24. Resourcing safety and grounding is about tuning into something that can bring you safety and strengthening, which increases your capacity to feel anything. So when we feel into something pleasant, something life-giving or providing us love, then we turn on our body in ways that help our nervous system to feel more. And to be able to go into harder feelings, whatever feelings are existing or that you want to heal. The second one I'd recommend is also on that same episode, candysu.com slash emotions. And that's 24B, episode 24B, and it's pendulation. Pendulation is a term from somatic experiencing, which allows you to move back and forth from two different polarities of feeling. Feeling unpleasant sensation or emotion to pleasant experience and therefore giving you more capacity to feel into both and to heal as well. And the third experiential that is also connected to that same episode 24C 
is installing an emotional switchboard, which connects you with several main emotions that you can install into the body, like an imprint that gives you access to identifying certain emotions, those emotions particularly, so that your body can sync up your ability to sense what's going on and then to name it. I'd also recommend checking out the healing experiential that is self-touch and grounding because when we touch our body, that sensation helps us to feel more and to feel what's going on and also to bring the nervous system down because the body's reminded that it has this container. That's episode 47A and it's candiswoo.com slash alignment or candiswoo.com slash EP47. And that particular one is 47A. And then 47C is resourcing your desire, which can support you in also tuning into something strengthening or something that you really want to cultivate in your life that helps you be able to feel. In the Sound Sleep album, there are a couple of very helpful grounding and embodiment experientials, including a body scan, short and extended version, a yoga nidra practice, which is yogic sleep, that helps to bring a deeper level of consciousness forward, a deeper level of relaxation and restoration, and several resourcing experiences um, that you can access, which will also help you sleep better, but will support you in feeling more embodied. You can find that at CandiceWu.com slash soundsleep. Today, I'd like to end everything with another poem by Mary Oliver, who recently passed away. This is one that pertains to this episode, and here it is. Someone I loved once gave me a box full of darkness. It took me years to understand that this, too, was a gift. So as we end today, I encourage you to just take a couple of breaths and notice these breaths. Notice what you might have taken in through this podcast, what might be helpful to you now, and what's not helpful to you now. what you feel compelled or inspired to do for yourself. And what that tender part of your heart calls you to do or tells you right now. Thank you so much for being here and listening in. I encourage you to Reach out for support to me or anyone you know that um, feels like you can take that next step if you haven't done so. I love doing one-on-one sessions with people. And I also have the embodied group call that happens once a month with a small group of two or three people. You can find all that at candiswoo.com slash Patreon. And before you go, I'd like to invite you to join my bi-monthly newsletter, which gives you updates about where I am, what I've been tussling with, the insights that come out of that, as well as self-love tips and self-love notes, events, retreats, and other things that come up. The most recent thing being the dream class that is on Skillshare, where if you're inspired to learn how to remember your dreams more, you can take this short class of 30 minutes that brings embodied ways to remember your dreams and how to uh, just get with the basics of recording your dreams and harvesting them. You can find that at candiswoo.com slash dreamclass1 and for the newsletter, candiswoo.com slash embody. And with that, I look forward to seeing you next time on the Embody Podcast. Mm-hmm.